Hello, Fight Insight fans, viewers, and listeners. I'm your co-host for the day, Matt Padilla, amateur flyweight out of Temecula, California. And with me, as always, your host, Timmy B. Before we start, please take a moment to follow and subscribe to us on any platform you're using right now and leave a five-star rating and comment. On today's episode, we talk to a fighter who's offering a crazy opportunity to the fans, debate if Michael Chandler is a dirty cheat like Dustin Poirier says he is, and a whole lot more. Tim? Hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fighting Sight Podcast. Let's talk. All right, our guest today is a 10-2 fighter in the UFC's lightweight division who comes to us off his third straight win last month at UFC Dern versus Jan. That was the event where Mark Zuckerberg rented out the Apex, making it an even more just pressing place than normal, Matt, which we will talk about later and talk with our guests. Uh, he's a beast of a fighter. The man has impressed fans with his flashy style and strong ground game. And it's already earned one performance of the night bonus in his first four fights with the promotion. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast because about that thing with offering an opportunity, as Matt said at the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Mike Beast Boy Davis. What Hello, up? Sir. How's it going, buddy? How are you? Good. Doing really you have, well. You have the most professional setup of any guests we've had in our 92 episodes. Oh, I, I told you. I told Look you. I like unless, unless I'm frozen. Hold on. Oh, oh just, I should, just just as you say it. I just should as you have said it. that. I should not have said that. That jinxed the whole just thing. Just as you say it. It'll come back. All right. A little bit of a curse. Here. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Just as you say it. Mike, where are you? You're out in Arizona? I'm in no, Orlando, Florida. Florida. Orlando, Florida. Very there nice. There you go. Hey, You're oh, we got you back. My bad. <laughs> All right. Now a professional setup. Here we go. Got you. Uh, Mike, we go to the fans and we ask questions, and sometimes we get terrible questions. Sometimes we get good things. But this thing stood out to me, and I actually made a graphic because of this question. But I got to say this one. And this one, I didn't think about it before. And then when the person said it, I'm like, holy crap, this is true. But this is from, and I'm going to ruin this name, but at Killian Mitten. Are you aware that you bear a resemblance to Benil Dariush? And here's a photo. No, uh, it's it's a little bit. I don't know. It's pretty close, man. If I shave the hair, let, let my entire hair grow out the same, kind of like the same length. And then shave my beard entirely off? Yeah, maybe. Maybe but a little. It, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought that was a good one. And yeah, I mean, for those that are just listening on audio, I put a photo up. I'll put it up on my story. But I do feel like you guys do. Yeah, a little bit look alike, man. These uh, <laughs> boy, very interesting thing that you did prior to your last fight. We've talked about it on this podcast a few times. And I put up the the story that came on. It was where you offered 10K and you will be in my corner. And it's uh, the article from Sports Kita said, UFC fighters seek sponsorship, promising better seat than Dana White behind the scenes visits <laughs> and more. Mike, first question. Did someone take you up on the offer? You would be, you're, you're going to be so surprised when I answer this in full. This is crazy. So one, yes, yeah, someone did take up on the offer. His, uh, um, I forget his Des Pain. That would be his as at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh he's a good guy. He's a guy I, I actually met this guy before. Hmm. So uh just just once. He's still like a stranger to me. I've I've known him I've met him for about an hour. 
we were at, we just bumped into each other at an event. Uh, he took me up on the offer and it was honestly, it turned out a lot better and easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought the UFC would have issues with it. They really didn't care. Wow. Guys, <laughs> uh, because he was a fan and well, he was in my corner and he was getting excited and, and he was like standing up. They would, you'd see the, the refs like pull him down, not the refs, but the commission, maybe like pull him back to his seat. And so that, that was the only bad things. But other than that, it was fun to have him. He came with me. He got there Wednesday. So he got to experience um, the media shoot. He came with me to all the media, sat right there in every interview that I did. Then um, we walked around all Las Vegas together, got a bunch of food together, shopped together. Then uh, Thursday, he got to see how I cut weight. Um, I cut, I want to say I cut about eight or nine pounds. So we got to see how I did all of that, how I was eating, how I was getting the weight off, the like determination and motive, like everything I needed to get in there and stay in the sauna, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he got to meet all his favorite fighters. He met Nganu, Wiley. He met everybody, like all yeah. these champs everybody so he said that it was the best experience of his life then when he got home not only did he have a bunch of media for his social media for things for him to post he also took in how i was eating for cutting weight like because I, I don't starve myself or anything i still eat all the way to weigh in day i still i'll still be eating and he took it all in and he's lost about 25 pounds ever since wow yeah, he's lost weight and he's determined to do one hour in the gym every single day. And he texts me all the time. Like he got my number too. He's a good guy. So now he texts me all the time. He's like, Mike, I'm in the gym. You and uh, Phil Rowe was with me. So he's like, you yeah, and yeah. Phil he really changed my life. Like that dude, was, that was worth it. The very first day I got there. Dude, that's so awesome, man. That is such a cool story. Here's the thing. I, w- I was going to ask you, did you get any flack from the UFC? Like, like from about brass that? or Dana. Yeah. Did they get mad? I mean, okay. Nothing. So I guess the, did they know that the guy that's standing around with you was that guy? Well, they've like, never seen him before. No, 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 no. But I mean, <laughs> did they know that he's the guy that oh, took you up on the offer? I guess not. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, no one I would know. Go around right? saying, I didn't go around saying like, Hey, this is this guy that paid me 10 grand. He's in my corner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. And then when you go in the, and then when you, so he walked with you because yeah. I was watching, you know, the the event. I was so interested to see. And then, like, Megan Olivi doesn't say anything. The, the commentators don't say anything. The last person that came to the cage with a fighter that was, you know, I, I want to say like a gimmick was when yeah. it was Com- Commander Dale Brown. When he went with uh, Joaquin Buckley. How, how long ago was that? Oh, oh, no, I remember. I remember. Never mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was that was like middle of this year or whatever. And we've had Commander Dale on the podcast and we were talking to him about it. But he went out there. But that was a big thing. They kept playing it up. They brought him in after for the interview. But your guy was like just quiet. And I I didn't know. It it was. Yeah. I honestly, I like that better because now um, he said it was worth 10 grand the first day. So I got, oh, my God, uh, upon Twitter Instagram and TikTok where I and Facebook where I posted that little sentence saying I'm offering this up. I I wanna say I got about three hundred requests. Three hundred offers? Some, yeah, some people joking, but at least 
a hundred of them serious. Oh my At god! Least a minimum, a minimum of a hundred serious. Okay, so the whole business move. So yeah, the next one probably won't be ten grand. It's probably yeah. We're looking. I mean, I'm on a three fight win streak now, so you're not. I'm not a a scrub anymore. So we're thinking bumping it up to about <laughs> yeah, worth the money. <laughs> no, like, dude, this is such a great idea. Now, in the fighter meeting prior to going out, did you bring that up or did yeah, they ask he, you? He was in there. He was sitting right in there. Oh no, no, for the fighter meeting, it was just me. He was in no, the, no, no. But you're in there. But did they did the did they ask you about it or anything like that? No. Or did you bring it? Like, so they then did they not even really know. They did not say a single word. So and I was talking to the traveling agency. I was like, hey, uh, my third corner, he's flying in from here and there. And they're like, perfect. And then uh, I text them because I just keep in touch with the, the travel people for the UFC. I was like, hey, who's picking up my third corner? Someone went and picked him up and uh, brought him everywhere. Like he was taken care of. They got him a room. Like, oh, well, my manager helped get him a room. Yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. They were not giving me two rooms, but I managed to get a second. <laughs> all right like how man this is so interesting matt and i've had when we've been talking about this offer on other podcasts i've had other co-hosts or, or guests and they're like it's worth way more than 10 grand oh it's and way more he can get way more than 10 grand so yeah dude keep doing this oh this 100 genius 100%. now has any other fighter talked to you and said dude i'm gonna be doing the same thing yeah this is great yep oh wow uh, I saw so, you put it I, fifty. I, I'm I'm a little I'm a little uh, iffy about a lot of people doing it because the, the UFC is going to be like, oh, they're making too much money. Cut it, shut it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, only, open, it's only open to it's only open to Venom employees. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. Um, I think I'm going to start the next one at twenty and see where that goes. I know I've had a I've had a lot of people hit me up to be in my corner. So bump you could probably do like a, I'll, I'll like a bed war. Yeah. Or, or so I think yeah. 20 is even too, too low. You're getting an experience that nobody else can get. You can only get experience if you are a fighter or you are chosen by the fighter. Yeah. You to, might lose yeah. weight and change your whole lifestyle afterwards. Exactly. Like this last guy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So uh, actually, oh no, no, no. I'm going to keep this a secret. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> This is going to be a secret, but you'll hear, you'll see about it on my next fight. We'll all see. Right, all right. I'll announce it on my next fight, but I don't want nice. other people to do it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, okay, well, why don't you just tag our podcast when you do that post so I make sure okay. you don't miss it. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, the idea to do this, obviously, it was to circumvent or to help uh, around sponsorship, like because you're so limited in your sponsorship opportunities during yeah. fight week. This was a way that you come across. I mean, this is a lot better than spray tanning on a sponsor on your body. (laughs) They ban that. Yeah. So this is just like, this was a way that you said, hey, man, I want to make more money during this. And this is a good way. It's a little bit of more money. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a lot more money, but. Yeah, it's really good. I did have a lot of businesses that wanted to do it. Like a business wants to come and I guarantee you, for business reasons, advertisement and whatnot, they can. Hey, put the shirt on or throw the shirt. Yeah. So those people, that's 50 grand. I don't know. If you want me to advertise your stuff and you want to come with your personal business, I'll do it for 50 grand. However, like a random person to pay that amount, I'm pretty sure the VIP seats for the Apex, they you have to pay like $2,500 just to get to the Apex anyway. Yeah. Because it's considered like a VIP treatment. 
because hmm. it's, it's very limited. So that's a fifth or a fourth of what you're trying to get in there anyway. Now you get to go backstage, you get to cut weight, you get to travel around, you get to, I mean, it's worth it. hundred percent worth it. <laughs> it's crazy. Man. Were you worried when, I mean, did you have to vet this guy at all? Were you worried that this was like some crazy dude? You know what I mean? Like a lot of times I go to <laughs> UFC events or fighting events. There's a lot of weird people. I did mention that uh, if you are going to come in my corner, I, that is when I am the most moody. Of course, I'm I'm dieting, I'm in pain, I'm cutting weight, so I'm grumpy. If you make me mad, I will kick you out, and that's it. You just lost everything. I will just make you leave. Nice. And the pay was done up front? Yeah, I'm up assuming front. no refunds. Yeah. Up front, no refunds. <laughs> Did you have a contract? Like, was it in a written contract to say what this was including and blah, blah, or was this just a gentleman's bet? This was just like a gentleman's agreement. Nice. Right, but Ooh, gentleman's <laughs> agreement, <laughs> dude. It's so crazy. Now your no tax the- on it is just like someone <laughs> had ten grand in his pocket and gave it, to, put it in my hand, fell out, and there it was. Yeah. Uh, during you know you've you've been with the UFC your whole career while you've been with the UFC, the Venom deal has been in existence. So you've um, never, right? Yeah, yeah. I took the Gilbert Burns fight and the Thomas Gifford fight, and then after that, the Venom came in. Okay, so then you were with Reebok and then Venom. Yeah. But you've always been under this sponsorship deal spiel. Yeah, yeah, I've never been able to do my own. So this has been, and so can I ask, prior to being with the UFC, when you were in other organizations and open to getting sponsorships, is this okay. 10 grand amount that's good, comparable, slash better than what you were doing in other organizations or what you think you would get like at Bellator? If you're just open. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So we're talking about before the UFC or just like if I was in a different organization. My question spiraled out of control there. So whichever <laughs> way you want to just, take just, this. So if I was to fight for say Bellator and have sponsors, I would make so much more money. I could have mm-hmm. I could have a, a spot on my short that 10 grand. And I can have five spot of ten, whatever many spots I want, however many can fit on my shorts. So that's definitely I would make more money there. When it comes to before the UFC, where I was training and fighting in like regional promotions, that 10 grand is more than I made in sponsorships, the pay for the fight, everything, like anything for that fight. That 10 grand is more than I made for the contender series. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's crazy, man. No, that is a lot of money. Yeah, that is so good for you, man. And what an exciting experience. I do want to tell people, like, so actually, I should put your uh, at your handle at the bottom, but you are at Mike Davis at MMA on Instagram. And yes. that's where you'll be posting the next deal. Yes. Most of the stuff that I talk about and, and use will be on Instagram. Nice. And, uh, do you have a next fight date or time idea? They're, they want I'm, me to fight in January. They already gave me the January 14th, which is in Vegas again. Nice. Right now, I'm just waiting on clearance. I did fracture my orbital at my last fight. Yeah. But um, as you can see, it's completely healed. Oh, he's auto focusing on me. Yeah, yeah. And um, that is going to be cleared now. I think I just I just went yesterday to have it looked at again, and everything's good. So it'll be cleared, and I can agree to a fight in January. So I'm hoping. Good, man. So for all those listening now who are rich and have like at least 10 grand to spend January. on this event, I think save, save up. No, it's 20 you know? now. 
Crap, cra- yeah, okay, twenty. It's twenty now. Craft dinner from now until the until the bid comes out because you need to save your money so you can get this amazing experience, man. It'd be freaking crazy. Uh, I do want to ask you: fighting in the apex. Have all your fights been in the apex? No, that was my very first one. That was well, the, and the contender series was in the apex. Yeah, right? and that content, but that wasn't series. at the apex. That was at some weird. I don't even know what that was. This is the only building. I've never been in this oh. building. Okay, okay. Now, the one fight you have in the Apex with uh, Jan and Dern. Okay. Right? Jan and Jan and Dern. This is the event where Mark Zuckerberg rents it out. Yeah. This see, and, of... he got, and he got in there, too. Oh, like your guy got to see Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> yeah. you mean? Yeah. That, guy, yeah. that guy got a really good deal, actually. He really did. Okay. On that event, I haven't known anyone that was on that card. You're normally allowed to bring like family and friends, like you get a yeah. certain amount of tickets. Were you allowed to bring anybody or no? I had to like special request it. And even then it was very, very hard. Um so, normally normally for an event, a fighter would get four tickets, right? He can give away to his family and friends. That yeah. event, they didn't give me any tickets. Um I had to ask my manager if I can get tickets, and he said I had to ask like a month in advance. And I only ha- I took the fight with like a month. So I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> So he's like, let me know ASAP. All right. So assuming we're not going to get like banned off all social media for saying this. Is Mark Zuckerberg a total selfish ass for doing this? Like he rents out the whole thing and there's going to be fighters like who want to be able to bring people, want to be able to fight in front of a crowd. And this guy just essentially mutes the whole building. <clears throat> I mean, money. <laughs> money you have talk. money, you do whatever you want. But why would you, like, why on earth, if you're Mark Zuckerberg, would you want to be in an arena of nobody? Like, so it nobody, just... Is, he's he's one of the top richest people in the world. If you let all these random people in there, someone can what, attack him like and attack rob him. him. Yeah. Uh, I don't and know. I, I can see that, the, especially drunk MMA fans. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the Apex never seems to get too rowdy because, I mean, it's such a small venue yeah. anyways. And it's, it's always like, friends and family. Yeah, like it, it oh, seems like, like random people. Yeah, I was just okay. I was really mad at that event. I hate when when the fights happen in the apex in general because I just don't like the the low crowd noise. Like I like it to be energetic and and the crowd. And then on that event, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Like it was just so quiet. Did it bother you that there was like like less than no crowd? It it's actually better because mm. the the crowd gives you nerves. They they definitely give you like a lot of nerves. Um, you feel like a need to perform and you feel like if you, you will underperform sometimes, but then, uh, you can also hear their corner, my corner. I can hear everything they're saying. If they're saying attack his lead leg. I can hear that. I can focus. I can like slightly change and focus on that defense or, or he's going to shoot. Then I can switch my, my stance, shoot somewhere else. I can hear everything they're saying. Nice, nice. I was talking to Uriah during the fight. I I don't know if you can. I don't think you can hear me in the fight, but I was talking to Uriah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, like just like just having a nice, com- friendly conversation about just the like, weather, or like a, a, that's a few words back and forth. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, so Matt, would you like? This is the first fighter I think I've had on the podcast that says they prefer the no crowd. Like I think most. 
everyone else I ask always says like they prefer the crowd because they want the energy. Well, Matt, for you as a as a fighter, crowd? No uh, crowd? I mean, I'm a little indifferent. I don't really notice the crowd that often. <laughs> like only maybe if it pops really loud, but uh, I'm sure most fighters, especially when you're fighting on the regional scenes or as an amateur, you used to the small crowd anyways. So it's not too big of a difference once Man. you go back to it. Yeah, I mean, crazy. I fought in front of the crowds. I fought at the Tampa card. I think they had 16,000 people. I fought at the Fort Lauderdale card. Uh, they were like 13 or so. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I just, I, it just bothered me. Uh, did you get any sense that Mark Zuckerberg was either an alien or a robot? No. He just seems like a, he like honestly a human? seems like a, like a dorky human. Do you yeah. talk to him personally? No. No. no I, I didn't I didn't get to go up to him. I was whenever you fight, they walk you straight to the cage and then after the fight, it's straight out back. Especially if you get hurt, they bring you right to the little place. They look at you, tell you if you need to go. If you need to go, you go right in the ambulance and they take you to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I didn't, I didn't really get to see anybody. Dang, However, man. he messaged me and congratulated me after the fight. How oh, nice. So that was Mark cool. Mark Zuckerberg did? Yeah, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. That's he crazy. followed he followed me on Instagram. He likes all my stuff now. Like <laughs> he just likes all my stuff. And then uh yeah, he messaged me. He said congrats on the fight and that he would I would told him I'd like to get a picture with him next time and he said for sure. Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> Guess who might be bidding on your cornerman spot next round? <laughs> Mark, <laughs> if Mark Zuckerberg walks you out, that's pretty amazing, man. And I'm pretty sure that, that would be cool. I'm pretty sure the amount changes to 10 million if that's the uh, <laughs> if that's the kind of bidding people you have on it. He's a billionaire, so just you know, like a million dollars is nothing to you. Yeah, exactly. And what and what an experience he gets, man. Uh, all right, I do have some other questions. Someone was asking, and this maybe goes along with the gentleman that went with you, but what workouts did you do to get in such great shape? And I'm oh gonna, my god, I'm okay, gonna go put ahead. I'm gonna put a picture here because I know you're a video game player, but here's a photo of you. Like oh yeah before and after this is essentially next gen level graphics like that's like <laughs> ps4 to ps5 you you've changed like your body shape has changed. so this was from uh well i got uh, from a few people b underscore adams 4k was asking yeah what workouts are you doing that's getting you in this crazy shape um i have to give my my shout outs to phil deru phil deru is the strength and conditioning coach of the year for years and years and years. And he's the one that is actually helps me and has gone through everything I need to do to become this person. And I've kept doing it over and over, even without him. Like right now I live far away from him. So I'm not able to utilize him, but I still remember everything we do and I do it all the time. Nice man. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah, and so are, just are reach you... out to Phil Daru on on Instagram. Phil Daru, just watch his videos. Just you just follow him on Instagram and look through his videos, and you'll do, you'll see and do everything that I do. Nice man. No, it's good. Uh, next question. I do want to get, I, and I'm telling you, Beast Boy. I don't know if you know, but you've got a massive following of of all the fighters I have on this podcast. You know pros around the world you got like a lot of love man people are people are coming out uh with lots of things um what was your I did biggest not know that yeah dude <laughs> no, i really a, didn't i didn't know that. A, a lot of love man uh what was your i'm just gonna ask you questions you can just do short answers for these yeah, but yeah. What, what was your biggest takeaway from the tmt trials as a fighter and that's tiger muay thai right 
Yeah, Tiger Muay Thai. Uh, as a fighter for the Tiger Muay Thai, they have. Um, I would say my biggest takeaway is how much I really want to do what I'm doing. The fighters there, it's their life. They started as a kid and they had more fights as a child than I do altogether. So it's uh, when I went over there, I talked to a lot of them and I learned that if I want to be somebody then I got to dedicate, I learned better motivation and better dedication to what I'm doing. Nice. I, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know how to stop this from autofocusing. That's okay. that's okay. <laughs> that was a Zeus. It's a brand new camera, so I don't I don't know how to. No, no, it's good, man. This. That was Zeus underscore MMA uh, underscore Spidey twenty four. Toughest matchup you've ever had. Tough. I would have to say that is toughest matchup. Mason Jones, maybe. Yeah, I would yeah. say I would say Sadiq because I lost to Sadiq and I won to Mason Jones. The only thing is that when I fought Sadiq, I never got hurt. Like I didn't feel hurt. I didn't feel tired. I didn't feel anything. So it wasn't really a hard fight. It was just very equal. Yeah, yeah. Nice. When I fought Mason Jones, I was like exhausted. I was digging deep, and I, I was like, I knew I was getting. Um, I was getting pressured and pushed back all the time. And he was just overtaking me. And I was like, God dang, how, how do I stop this kid? And in my head, I was like, I don't know what I can do to stop him. So I just have to last the rounds. So, like, so in my head, that was a hard fight. Nice, nice. Of course, I had plenty of these questions, which was, how did you come across the Beast Boy nickname? Okay, that came when I was young. Uh, I was put into sparring and they would send a boxer they would send a kickboxer, they'd send jujitsu and wrestler and whoever it was when I was sparring them, I would change my fighting style to match theirs so I could beat them at their own uh. game. And they were like, oh, dang. And there's a guy, Eric, he's the one like he's a big Teen Titans fan. So he looked at me <laughs> and he said, this kid can adapt to whatever's thrown at him, just like Beast Boy. So like, we're going to call him Beast Boy. And I just kept it ever since. I think I was 16. Nice, man. That's crazy. Do you want to know something really crazy? We had Chris Beast Boy Barnett on the podcast. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you know him. Yeah. We asked we asked him the origin of his name, and he said the same thing. He said really? that he was yeah, he said, because I always adapted to the different people. That's why they got the name Beast Boy. That is crazy. That's funny. That, that the origin is the same. But he he was Huggy Bear, I think. Yeah, I he know. was Huggy Bear before too. Yeah. 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 And he really played into that uh, that name. With <laughs> yeah, the, with I remember the suit. <laughs> the Snuggie and whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get this question a lot. <clears throat> what do you like to do on your spare time? And this is obviously to help you segue into your gaming, streaming. But oh, what yeah. do you like to do on your free time, buddy? Game and game. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And uh, are you, last week I, we had... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so it's gaming is my number one thing I do in my free time. But I also just like to kind of roam malls, roam around any kind of shopping area. Even if I don't buy anything, I just like walking around. All right, nice. Uh, and are, can people, are you're on Twitch, you're streaming mm -hmm. it. So where can people see that or, or follow you for that? That's um, Mike Davis UFC for Twitch. All right, nice. And uh, what is your, and then this was uh, similar along that lines, what is your favorite video game that, to play? Warzone. It's not my favorite. It's just 
I don't know. That's where I get to release my emotions. <laughs> my anger, I guess. I mean, you are a fighter, so you would think that there's outlets for you as well. Oh, yeah. Warzone yeah. Would, would be my outlet. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, Matt, we're coming up to the end of the time with uh, our friend Mike here. Is there anything that you wanted to ask him or anything that we didn't touch upon? Uh, you hinted on uh, figuring out how much you have to want this when you were talking about the TMT trials. Yeah. And, uh, I've heard you before pretty candidly talk about how you actually fight more for money instead of this being like your oh, yeah. passion. So how did it feel knowing you're in this without as much of the passion when it comes to like doing it for the sport. And then you're talking to all these guys who've been doing it for growing up and fighting as a kid. And this was all they wanted. Like what did that make you kind of think? It it's depends. Cause I, I've talked to a few people and yes, some of them fight because that's what they want to do, and it makes them happy. Some people, what Rotang, Rotang, yeah, uh, <clears throat> he talked about how uh, his family was really poor. They had no money. They would work all day, and sometimes be sent home with some change, or sometimes be sent home with food. And he said that he has two arms and two legs, and he can fight. So that's he's making. He's doing it for money, and it's essentially kind of like I'm, I, I am good. I can fight. I'm doing this because if I were to choose another profession, I would work a nine to five. I would work all day long. I would come home. I'd be tired. I wouldn't want to do anything else. This I fight once a year. I make enough income to not have to work at all for another year. Not saying if I was to fight more than once a year, which I don't right now, but if I were to fight more than once a year, I'm set like in my head, I'm rich. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm a very simple life. Like I play video games. What do I have to spend money on? My electric bill. That's it. My uh, rent, my electric bill. <laughs> That's my only expenses. Yeah. So for me to make a hundred grand here and there, that's literally. I'm I'm rich. I'm not. I'm. I, that's how I feel. I'm rich. Perfect. Good, man. So I fight. I fight because it gives me freedom. I'm free. I don't have to work a nine to five. I'm not struggling. I'm not doing any of this. I'm, I'm free right now. I'm free. It's amazing. I feel, man. I feel really good. So I'm going to keep fighting because I can, I'm good at it. And it's going to keep giving me freedom. Nice, man. Love it. Beast boy. We're so happy that you're able to join the podcast. I'm so happy that this whole corner man for sale thing worked out. <laughs> it's freaking genius. I love it. I, yes, I do hope that not too many people start doing it to the point that UFC intrudes on it in any way and even if they did i don't know how they would stop you like they would either tell us that we we weren't be allowed to have random people in the corner or they would add it to the contract as we get a they get a percentage hmm. i was, yeah, okay. I, I, could, I could see them getting a percentage i could see yeah, them being yeah. like hey you can have whoever you want 10 percent, but they're the ufc so probably 20 percent. ufc tax ufc yeah. tax yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy, man. But uh, Boy, thank you so much for coming on, man. You're you're a great fighter. If people don't already know about you, like I said, follow Mike Davis at, at Mike Davis MMA. Dude, you're incredible. I'm so happy that you came on. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, I do have one question, which is who should we next have on the podcast? Someone that you know that is cool that would be a good person to talk to. Oh, it depends. Um, are you trying to have a 
a nice podcast or kind of like a wild podcast? Yeah, let's go wild. We got we got a lot of nice people. Uh, let's do. Have you gotten Perry yet? Oh, um, Mike Perry. Yeah. No, can you get me in touch with Mike Perry? I'll try. Yeah, dude, hook that up. I love that freaking dude. I am so glad that he beat MVP. At oh his yeah, last yeah. Fight. That was I don't crazy. Like MVP. No, I was I was screaming at that event, man. You know him? You know Mike Perry? Yeah. I'm good oh. friends with Mike Perry. Oh, nice, man. He's the coolest dude, man. All right. I will hit you up for that later. And before we let you go, is there anything that you wanted to say to the uh, fans, viewers, and listeners of this podcast? No, I'm still trying to get to 100,000 followers. So everybody just follow up on Instagram. It's Mike Davis MMA. Uh, Twitter is Mike Davis MMA. TikTok and Twitch at Mike Davis UFC. That's it. Dude, we will keep get- growing. That's just going to keep growing. And the more publicity I get, the more followers I get, the more people tend to like me. The UFC is going to treat me better. They're going to give me more fights. And I'm going to keep knocking people out. That's it. And more money. Uh, I mean, that, that's just, that's a side. That just <laughs> comes with that comes with it all. Yeah, of course. Wait, very quickly before I do let you go. What do you mean that the UFC will do more for you if you have more followers? Uh, the UFC is a... a publicity game you can mm. obviously they're, they're the pinnacle of the sport that's why you see patty the batty he gets filler fights tech tech kind of like filler fights uh terrence mckinney filler fights and chase hooper when he first got to the ufc filler fights i mean now he's run out of filler fights so he's now he's getting people that can <laughs> fight but you can you see it like you legit see it anybody mm. now this new kid this new 18 year old Guarantee you his first three or four fights are going to be filler fights. Hmm. People that they know he can beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep building him because they yep. know the following follows him. Exactly. Very exactly. interesting. You know, I will say they just released Silvana Gomez Juarez, the girl that lost that awkward decision to Carolina Kvalkovich. Okay. Yep. She was a good looking girl. Yeah. And I was odd that they released her. I mean, she did lose three of her four fights. But she, I'm just checking now. She has 53,000 followers. You're saying that's not enough to keep you on the list. That's not enough. You got to win and you got to have the big following. Yep. Off you go. Yep. Damn. You All right. And have a following. Beast Boy, we will help you get to 100,000, my friend. Definitely. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Enjoy your career. Enjoy the holidays. And then we will be cheering for you when you fight in January. Awesome. I appreciate it. All right. It. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. You guys take care. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, man. What a great time. Dude's a cool dude, man. I knew it. I knew he'd be a cool dude. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate him coming on the podcast, man. What'd you really really open? Dude, you got to turn pro and then just start selling that corner man spot. Yeah. I didn't know that was going to, I didn't know that he would get over a hundred offers. Like he was talking about. That was pretty nuts. Dude, I'm telling you because they had said, I remember when I had another guest on, they said, no, he's going to have so much. He can sell it for way more than 10 grand because there's a wow. lot of rich dudes out there that just like the sport. Yeah. That would die for an opportunity like that. Man, what a cool. And then, the, and then they get the free hotel and the free transportation of that because essentially you're a coach and they don't know, they don't know otherwise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, you just put a name in and they pick up whoever it is really. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is, like, I get how you're saying, like, the UFC might do a tax on that. But the thing is, is, like, 
how would they know? Because to be a cornerman, you don't have to have coach credentials or anything like that. That's why people's wives and, and girlfriends come in. Yeah. Right. Mike Perry's wife, classic example, right? She's one of the greatest corner women of all time. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So they don't care. I mean, like it can just be anybody. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I like it's a weird, it. weird space, but I'm glad he's making this money. Yeah. And then how cool that Mark Zuckerberg became like, like a quasi friend almost like that's really yeah. weird. Jeez. Yeah. It's some crazy stuff, man. Uh, Matt, thank you, man. Thanks for being the co-host for this podcast. Of course. Of course. We do. <laughs> we do. Ha- we do have a few things I want to say uh, for those of you that are here because of Mike Davis. Thank you so much for following the podcast and, and checking it out. Please subscribe and do all that stuff. Leave some comments and all that. Um, stick with us next week on the podcast. We've got your boy, Eric Anders. He's coming on the podcast next week. He fights on December 3rd card. So it's going to be two weeks out from his fight. So he's coming to talk to us. So that's great. Eric Anders and friends of the podcast update, Matt, I've got so many to do here. Uh, Katharina Leaner, she fights today as we record this. So when this releases, it's going to be yesterday. But Katharina Leaner fights at Invicta 50. So good luck to her. Trap Daddy Gambino has signed a influencer fight league boxing match Good old super, trap. super heavyweight he's fighting on december 10th and we actually have his opponent big sam coming on the podcast i oh, think wow. a week before that uh matt i asked you before if she is related to you but you said no we've got helena padilla she's a <laughs> former guest of ours she's fighting Friday, November 18th at Rage in the Ring 15th. So good luck to Helena Padilla. And then other guests of ours, one of our favorite guests, Helene, uh, Helen Peralta. She's fighting, and I believe this is Alex Perea's sister. Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you Wait, do you know that that's his sister? Yeah, that is. <laughs> that actually really? Is. So is she a good fighter? Uh like, I mean, I haven't really seen a lot of her. Just recently, I saw LFA posting her. So that's the only reason I knew. I didn't know he had a sister who was fighting. Oh, but, uh, wait. You're saying LFA, LFA is promoting her because they know who she is? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. Well, I don't care who she is. I know I like Helen Peralta, and I want Helen to kick her ass. So hey, Also on that card, uh, my good teammate Ricky Farrar, only man who's gotten a flying rear naked choke as far as I know. So... uh Nice. I don't know if he's a co-main or not, but he's on the main card. He's he's really good, man. All right, nice. Well, shout out to him. Uh, and then the last fighter that we have to talk about, friend of the podcast, Chase Sherman. His fight was canceled last week. He's rebooked to November 19th. So Chase Sherman is up. Again, the uh, Vanilla Gorilla. So he's up. Matt, that's all my friends of the podcast update. Uh, I do want to say thanks to RageWorks Podcast Network. We're on that. So that's the RageWorksNetwork.com. You can find a whole bunch of podcasts, so check them out. We are featured there as well as a bunch of others. So thank you to them as well. Matt, do you have 50 bucks lying around that you want to throw in the garbage? In the garbage? I mean, I think you're talking about PFL at this point. There we go, baby. (laughs) PFL announces their first pay-per-view. $50, $50, Matt. Man. Are you paying $50 for PFL? If they announced 25 I don't think I would have. And man, I, I mean, it's already on the su- subscription platform with ESPN Plus, so I'm surprised they're even doing that. That's just nuts to me. 
It's crazy. How much money, so you kind of said it, but how much money would you have paid for a PFL pay-per-view? Maybe 10 bucks. No, maybe that's no, that is not the right answer, Matt. It has to be $5 because $5 is what you pay for BKFC. Mind you, that's a whole month. And sometimes they have more than one card. Is it really? Yeah. The PF, the, the wait, what am I saying? Bare knuckle. Did I say BKFC? Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. BKFC is $5 a month for their app that gets you all their cards. And so sometimes they'll have like multiple cards in a month and they're, (laughs) production value their fights are crazy like i love bks yeah. and that's five dollars a month i'm not spending fifty dollars on pfl yeah definitely not so I, I don't i don't know uh maybe they're really getting that desperate money wise but it that's just insane to me i don't know who's spending that money matt when i saw that news it was posted and the, the photo i put up was from uh, at mma fighting but I was looking at the comments that came out and I was dying <laughs> laughing. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, like I wonder if they're going to have supporters. No, it was, and I'm just going to read off some here. They got to pay me 50 bucks. <laughs> I would barely watch this for free. Less than 300 pay-per-views incoming. Lol. This is going to do a total of two pay-per-view buys. I wasn't even going to illegally stream this for free. Oh <laughs> like, like and it just goes on and on. It's just like a billion comments of that type. Uh, yeah, seven pay per view buys max. Only the media is buying this. Like it's dude, that is crazy. Uh, I feel like PFL may be the first organization to go under. When we look at PFL, Bellator, or One FC, yeah, I, feel I mean like they're PFL. backed by ESPN, but I don't know for how long. But still, I mean, that's like saying, yeah, but that's like one FC is backed by Amazon now or Amazon yeah. Prime. Like, I mean, but how much I, these organizations, I feel like they've got a real tough time. But selling your pay-per-view, your first pay-per-view for $50. I don't know, man. That's, you know. I think it shows a little desperation that they're trying to make some money back at this point. You think so? I, it, that's That's just a tough sell, I think, for anybody. I will not be doing that. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if streaming sites even put that on their streaming platform, <laughs> like meaning think, like the illegal streams. I don't even know that they even bother putting that up. I don't know that anybody cares enough. I don't even think Bellator would be successful with a $50 pay-per-view if they put like five championship fights on it. I don't think so, man. And and not for nothing, but even like BKFC, like I said, it's $5 a month. So like guarantee that $5 was worth it for that Mike Perry fight. There's still a whole bunch of people at my gym that were like, no, I didn't watch it. I'm like, you wouldn't pay $5? (laughs) And people still are like, no, just skip it. Like, you got to put out a massive product if you want people to pay for stuff, man. I don't don't know. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's talk about this. Here we go. And I told him he's a dirty motherfucker, too, for putting his his fingers in my mouth and blowing his nose, you know. That is good old the diamond Dustin Poirier, Matt. He was talking about Michael Chandler being a dirty cheat. What do you think? Man, uh, I thought the fish hooking, like maybe that was a little in the moment. You thought you were grabbing the chin or something like maybe that. Yeah. And then in the first viewing from the angle that you're watching on pay-per-view for like, I saw the, the blood clot fly out of his nose. Yeah. But 
I didn't see it when he was in his face and blowing it. I saw that on a replay. <laughs> yeah. So, so the first time I saw it, he was like maybe three feet away and you'd see one drop. And I was like, oh, that wasn't bad. But then I see that up close one. And I was like, okay, that was a little, that could be a little dirty. And, but, uh, and blatant kind of, right? Like, yeah, oh, super blatant. But oh, okay. Yeah. You think super blatant? Super blatant. But I mean, it landed straight into his mouth. Yeah. So. <laughs> what about the what about the shots to the back of the head? There was a there was a Those moment were, in the, there was a moment yeah. in the fight where Poirier is kind of like on one knee and he's getting up and Chandler just like goes to town on the back of his head. I I don't know who the ref was from what I remember, but uh, whoever that was, that was definitely on them more because I mean Chandler's just thinking of swinging and hitting this guy, so yeah. I can't blame him too much. That's probably like the most excusable thing he did. In the, the fight, yeah. Even though there was like thirty of them, I remember watching it, and I'm just like, was, "The refs got to say something." Yeah, it was so many shots, and the problem was that fight was so crazy, and it was, and it was the momentum was shifting. You know, every five seconds, it was like he didn't even have time to go in there. I mean, he did, but he didn't go in there because then, within a few seconds, then Poirier's back up and rocking Chandler, right? So, I mean, it was a, yeah. pretty, it was a pretty crazy fight, man. Back and forth. Uh, Chandler obviously they talked to him and I didn't I didn't cut it for this for the purpose of this podcast but he said I realized my finger was in his mouth and that I just couldn't really get my hand out because we were up against the cage and so that was weird he said the uh, shots to the back of the head I thought I was hitting his back of his ear I'd have to watch it back blah 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 Um, which of course right the guy's moving his head and then yeah. he said about the nose blowing he goes hey gravity is gravity I didn't do it on purpose I'm not I'm not a I'm not a cheater yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. Everything looked pretty bad on that to me. Uh, yeah, it didn't seem good. Looked, looked a little dirty. But then you also got to ask, what's really dirty in a fist fight? Yeah, well, there are rules, Matt, and I feel like well, blowing your bloody hook. nose on someone. I'm fish not, hook not, is a hundred percent illegal. Yeah, back of the, the head blood, is illegal. The blood's more like a gentleman thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. There was just such a weird thing. Uh, great fight. I, like uh, Rockhold was being almost praised for it in the Costa fight. Yeah, but I thought that was disgusting too. Oh, oh absolutely. So for those that don't know, for those that don't know, that was when Rockhold was bleeding, and then when he's standing over top of uh, Costa, he just starts rubbing his face and pouring all the blood into his face. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty super dirty on that man. I don't know. Uh, what do you think is next for Poirier? For Poirier, I mean. I know he called for the Daryush fight. That would make a lot of sense. I mean, who hasn't he fought already in the top five outside of probably Daryush? Yeah. And I think that that's a good fight to then get him next to the title. And that's Daryush's next fight to the title as well. So I feel like that fight is the obvious one to make. And that's, we're assuming then it's Islam versus uh, uh, Charles. Oh, it's Islam versus Volkanovsky. So what does Charles Oliveira do? Fiziev? I mean, I was thinking he should definitely fight somebody in that Brazil card since he didn't get knocked out or anything. He got dropped real quick, but he got choked mm-hmm. out. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, he said he wants to get right back in there. I think a fight in that Brazil card would be perfect. And yeah, Fazeev would be a great one. Yeah. But that, that's going to create a real bottleneck at the top, right? Because if you have Darius versus Poirier, that seems like a number one contender spot. And then you've got Fiziev versus Charles. It's like, well, is that the number one spot? Like, it's yeah. very tough. Man, it might just be whoever has the more uh, impressive win. That's what happens when you throw in super fights into a division. Then everyone's just wondering 
where they go from there. You mean you mean that's when you bring in Volk, right? Yeah, like I feel like that it just kind of holds up the division whether people want to say it or not, you know. No, I know, and I and I feel like you shouldn't be doing super fights unless you've cleaned out both your respective divisions. Right? Yeah. That, like, that's Charles why I, winning against yeah. Islam would have been more appropriate for him to get the Volkanovski fight than Islam. Right. Yeah, I think so too. And that's why I don't like them talking about Cejudo coming in to fight Sterling. Because I'm like, dude, Sterling's got Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera like right there. Why would you waste time with stupid Cejudo who's going to come in fight once and if he wins, he's just going to abandon the title. Yeah. Right? He's going to... I'm like, positive of that. Yeah, he's going to pull a GSP. He's going to win the title and then just walk away and now we all just sit there not understanding what to do. So that's not cool to me, man. Uh, Matt, you train out of Quest, Team Quest. Lots of good pros there, right? Dan yep. Henderson, Joe Day Stevenson, Sam Alvey, our buddy, who's now gone there, right? But he left. Yeah. Um, but lots of pros out there. I've had this topic that I want to talk about lots of times. I didn't even tell you about this. Has your gym ever gone on a real bad slump? Um. UFC wise, like with our highest level guys, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. There was a slump. Did it affect the mentality of the fighters at the gym? I mean, a little, I'd say a little, mostly when, uh, we didn't have as many of the amateur guys transition in a pro because it's just like, man, like, you know, it just brings down the morale a little bit. Right. And but then all these amateur guys have been built up. And uh, we've got Mason Ekebelis, who just won at Combate. Trevor Wells, just uh, fought and won at A1 Combat. That's your Uriah Faber's promotion. Yeah. Uh, same thing with uh, Jeff Creighton. So we have a bunch of guys that are coming up that are just winning fights. And, like, they're right there for, like, either a UFC or a contender contract for sure. Nice. And so that builds up the energy, builds up the morale, right, of the gym? Yeah, absolutely. So can I ask, do you think like if your jump, uh, sorry, if your gym is going in a slump, did anybody jump ship? Did they, were they like, okay, shoot, maybe this is not the best and I got to go. Like, I'm not asking you to name names or anything like that, but I feel like that would be a thing. Like if the if a gym really starts to have a, a losing streak that some fighters there, pro or amateur coming up or veteran, they may go, Hey, I got to move to a more positive environment. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah, I can see that. And uh, we did have one who, I mean, he made it kind of public, so it's fine to, I think, fine to talk about, like, uh, Jared Vandera. He moved from Quest more to, I mean, he still also owns a Team Quest affiliate. Yeah. So he's the actual owner of that. So he's Team Quest no matter what. But he also <laughs> changed his primary training at Kings. But that's mostly because we don't even have a whole bunch of heavyweights for him either. Like, right. uh, Team Quest is... Honestly, used to be like all these huge guys like Randy Couture, Dan Henderson, and now it's a, a lot of bantamweights and flyweights. So a lot of smaller guys, not as much work for him out here. So it just made sense logically. And if he's on the slump, then he's got to make that change and be around guys at his weight class. What if you fought like two or three of you at a time? That, that could I mean, be a way, you know? That could work as well. Maybe if we yeah. like stacked up on each other. <laughs> yeah. Like made a Voltron, MMA Voltron. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, the reason I'm saying this, and I really hope that nobody gets mad at me about saying this, but Jian Kim, Fire Fist Jian Kim, one of my favorite fighters, right, from South Korea. She's been on this podcast. She moves from South Korea to California to train because, you know, hey, I got to get better training in the States. Hmm. She trains with Syndicate MMA. Uh-huh. And their girl team there is, they call themselves the Syndichicks, Right. It's Joanne Calderwood who marries the coach, John Wood. So now yeah. she's Joanne Wood. You got uh, Roxanne Modafferi. You got uh, Ramona Carla. You got some other pros. From my calculation, they have gone on a 12-fight losing streak. Uh-huh. The girls. Just the girls. Right? The girls in UFC. And I think there was a few others too. Ilya Jojua, I think she lost maybe one or two as well. It's a massive losing streak with the females in that gym. I don't know how they do it. I, I'm not a pro. I'm not a fighter. It's also isn't that going to kill you, man? I mean, it's definitely going to not help your morale for sure. But uh, also. Just uh, seeing what you've done or what your teammates have done in the past at the highest level, it's like the same reason fighters keep coming back out of retirement or something, where it's just like, oh, I know I'm this good. Like uh, Rory McDonald, uh, he kept talking about how it's different where you're in the actual cage performing versus what you're doing in the gym. Like, yeah. you might be a world beater in the gym, but maybe it's just not clicking in the cage for some reason. And that might just be more of a personal thing. Yeah. 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 But wait, I'm losing you. What are you saying? <laughs> like, I'm, I, I mean, like, uh, I really don't feel like you have to go to a specific place just to find success. You know, I think you could be anywhere like uh Bryce Mitchell, who the hell knew any coaches from Arkansas and this guy's <laughs> out here, knocking down Edson Barboza. Like, how does that make any sense? You know? Yeah. But okay. So wait, I still don't catch you. Are you <laughs> saying, are you saying these girls shouldn't worry then just keep doing it, keep doing your thing and you will freaking figure this out or I'm, it's a really high level gym. I know John Wood knows what he's doing. Um, With... Obviously I, I'm not in the, that gym specifically, so I don't know how, how they're yeah. doing things, but, uh, I mean, it could work, but it's more of a personal thing whether or not you want to move and see what happens, but it shouldn't be outside of their options, you know? It shouldn't be, like, something you get judged on if you want to move. Yeah, last week we had Jake Matthews on the podcast, and he talked about, hey, sometimes you outgrow a gym, and that's okay. And he said how he's gone to, like, four gyms over his career, and he said, and if I didn't keep changing gyms, I wouldn't be where I am today, and I and I went for growth. And he said, hey you got to maintain good relationships with the gym. Obviously, you do it amicably and all that. But yeah. it's just a stat that I've been noticing, and I hate it. And I hate seeing that because, like, I've had Ramona Carla on the podcast. I've had uh, um, Gian Kim on the podcast, and both of them are there. And it's like, you're, you know, between those two girls, they're combined 0-6 in their last three UFC fights. And, like, your career is only so short, and it's, you know, it's so important. Like, you can't afford to get cut. Yeah, uh, I just... I don't know. 
it's just tough, man. And, and just Jake Matthews and watching the podcast back and hearing him go, hey, you've got to switch gyms. You've got to change things up. You've got to whatever, right? Like if it's not working for you or if you've outgrown it, I don't know, man. It's tough. Like, yeah. And then I don't uh, know. a lot of fighters are so loyal to a coach, so it might be like next to impossible for them to even think about playing the, the option. Yeah, that's the thing too, man. And you wonder, like obviously – Joanne Calderwood's not going to leave her husband's gym, but the other girls, the other girls, maybe, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, it's tough though, man. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about was just Frankie Edgar. Matt, there's no way Frankie should have taken that fight, right? Yeah. As soon as it got announced, I didn't even understand what the point of that was. I thought he'd get like a, just another older guy on his way out. Uh, I wasn't, I mean, Chris Gutierrez is really good, you know, really good, really mean when he fights. Yeah. Make any sense to me. Yeah, I thought it was, and I just want to put this out in public record. It's like, I thought it was bad for both fighters. Because Mm -hmm. you're right, I think Frankie should have got a veteran, like another guy, you know, past his prime. I apologize. But, you know, an older guy on his way out have a good fight and have a competitive fight and, and, and be done. Whether you win or lose, it's fine, but have someone equal. I also feel bad for Chris Gutierrez because dude knocks out his opponent in fantastic fashion, right? Puts on an amazing performance. And instead of celebrating, the guy has to sit there and cry. Like he can't even, he can't even celebrate his win because he's got emotions over it. I'm sure he's like, Ooh, this is kind of not great that I just did this to this guy. Like, I just feel like both guys kind of got screwed on that fight, so. And then I think it gets, uh, the win gets pretty discredited by, uh, like, the general fans. Like, they'll see that and be like, oh, okay, you knocked out a guy who was on his way out and who was already getting, like, kind of chinny, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know how much it really helps to put a a guy on his way out, even if he's a legend, on your resume. Yeah, I just don't like it, man. Yeah, I mean, and... I guess if the fight was competitive as well, like that would have been different. If it was like a back and forth fight goes to decision or maybe like gets ended in the second or th- late into the second or third round. Okay. Then it's a little bit different, but yeah. you know, Frankie's like, uh, past few performances too were like kind of tough to watch. And then this one is like, ugh. I mean, he looked pretty decent in that uh, Cheeto fight. Frankie Edgar, uh, yeah. as far as I remember, but then then he went really downhill with that front kick. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even that one, I feel like would have been a good way to go off of it, go out in the sport with, you know, cause yeah. he was being competitive against a guy who's like in the top five now. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. I mean, the other thing though, you know, and hearing Mike Davis talk about, he's happy with his money and stuff like that. And that he's, you know, he's making good money and he's happy. That's the other thing, too. You worry. It's like, okay, were you in this just for the money? Like, did you need to take this fight? Because, goddamn, even your manager should have said, whoa, let's wait for a different opponent here. Like, what's the... Not only that, you get taxed way more in New York, is from everything I understand. So, like, he didn't even make the most of that last fight. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It just seems seems weird. I need to get into the management game here, Matt. I and need to help. Might have gave him a bonus or something. I don't know if that was his last fight in his contract, because uh, I know with the older guys, like Anderson Silva, he chose to fight out his contract because he got a huge bonus at the end. That's what uh, Dan did as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, sure, but go fight it out in friggin' 
Texas or something, like do it in another state and yeah. with a different opponent. I don't know. That whole thing was a disaster for me. I feel like uh, it really was. Yeah, I agree. I feel- I feel like something weird was there. Matt, we're down to the end of the podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for co-hosting with me. Uh, I really enjoy having you on, man. Um, anything that you wanted to say or anything that you want to uh, shout out before the end of this podcast? I mean, just wait, when does this drop? This drops tomorrow. Okay, perfect. So as of the day that this podcast drops tomorrow night at LFA, Ricky Farrar, my teammate, you're going to know his name. Trust me. Strongest man on the planet, despite his size. So, <laughs> so wait, LFA, that's the card that I was saying with Helen Padilla. Yeah. So LFA, it's on Fight Pass, right? Yes, on Fight Pass. All right, dude. So then we will all watch LFA for your boy, for Helen. I mean, LFA always puts on a great card, too. But, uh, yeah, LFA tomorrow on Fight Pass. Let's watch that and, and cheer on your friend. Um, what about you? People are going to say, what the hell? How come Matt is not fighting? All the Fight and Sight fans seeing me for the third time wondering what's happening. Um, He says he's a fighter. When when are you fighting? When's the next fight, my friend? I am looking for early next year, if not the end of this year. But absolutely, it's crunch time. I got to get something going. So Yeah, man. As of right now, that's what you get. Nice. All right, buddy. Uh, Obviously, you're a friend of the podcast. We will promote the hell out of your fight whenever you get it. Uh, Lots of fights to watch this weekend, so watch everybody. Matt, thanks, man. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, Guys, follow, subscribe, do all that stuff, and follow Matt if you're on audio. It's at MattPadilla125. Yep. Right? Yeah, you got it. (laughs) All right, Matt. Have a good one, my friend. Take care, and uh, thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. Always fun to be here.